Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Voices of Voldemort. It is I, your host, Anthony Perez, with my co-host here. Allison Ray. And today's topic, which we mentioned last week, is going to be about homelessness. Um, we haven't had a real, like, serious, actual issue discussion on this podcast for a while. Um... So we wanted to talk about this, especially because on my trip to New York this past Christmas, I noticed there was a lot of differences than Miami. One, that there is a lot more homeless architecture in New York. And I wanted to talk about that because it was like, not like a culture shock, because that's not culture, obviously, but more of like a geographical shock i guess um over here in miami we have a lot of people obviously it's really popular place in the u.s but our homeless architecture i think has been really limited to downtown miami from what i've seen so far um some examples could be like the benches or where people or where places that people sit would be separated with like a little barrier or like a bar to make it seem as like oh it's personal space it's like being advertised as like you have your own spot reserve kind of thing um you're more private you're more to yourself but in actuality they're really doing it so that the homelessness or the, that the homeless sorry can't sleep there you know, if the bar- the barrier's in the way, they can't really lay down, they can't go to sleep. Um, they've also added some, like, spikes or, like, some pyramid-shaped uh, object in the middle of, like, a underpass. So people can't, you know, take shelter under there if it gets to be, like, a really rainy day. And... They can't, like, what's the word? They can't, like, situate themselves there, basically. So, I noticed that a lot more in New York. Obviously, there's a lot more people. It's the most populated city in the U.S., if I'm not mistaken. Um, Especially in New York City, which is interesting because they, like, everywhere I went, especially in the subways, oh, my God, they have these benches with, like, just, or they have, like, barriers on the bench with just enough height to to make it uncomfortable for anyone to lay down, but enough height so that the people there also feel like it's their own, like, private spot type of thing, and I saw that on every single bench in the subway, um, you know, in New York, from what I've seen in my experience with Manhattan, it's, like, really tall buildings, but without anything, like, to provide for shelter or, like, a cover for the homeless. Um, in the subways, as well, I would see police, like, escort the homeless out of the subways, so it doesn't look like there's a whole bunch of homeless there. Um, yeah, it was kind of like disheartening seeing that. And 
I remember in my subway, one of the subways that we took to Brooklyn, um, there was a guy, there was a homeless dude laying down on one of the subway chairs. And he was just there sleeping. He was, he was taking up like four or five seats. But, you know, obviously anyone will if they're laying down. And then this other dude, he comes in and he's like, completely berating him but the other dude is still asleep he's not paying attention but he was like throwing away this or he was throwing all of this like anti-homeless rhetoric at him and he was like shouting he was like is this what the u.s represents is this uh liberalism or whatever this is all the democrats fault and all that which was kind of interesting to me because usually it's like the more progressive side of the political spectrum that is advocating for like the homeless to be taken care of so it, w- it was like kind of like a what are you talking about moment for me um so to compare the population of homeless of the homeless in miami to new york um in new york in november 2022 this is by the Coalition for the Homeless.org. They found that 67,150 homeless people, including 21,089 homeless children. So a third of that number is homeless children sleeping each night in New York City's main municipal shelter system. And then they found that a record of 22,697 single adults slept in the shelters each night. That's a large number. Like, that is almost, like, 70,000 people without a home in New York City alone. Now, imagine the rest of the U.S. Granted, New York is large and it's the most populated city, but, like, that's still a wild number to, like, comprehend. And then compared to... Miami, the Miami-Dade County has a total of 7,627 homeless people. Um, the Miami-Dade County encompasses several city, um, cities, sorry, being Miami, obviously. Um, and Hialeah as well which is important to know because South Florida is really like heavily Hispanic and Latino populated areas. So I'm pretty sure that there's like a link there with the amount of immigrants that come to Miami and how many end up homeless because they can't really, you know, find a job. So yeah the u.s department of housing and urban development they also released their 2022 annual homeless assessment report on december 19 of 2022 and they found that in the u.s on a single night in january 2022 so last year on this date, as a matter of fact, um, 
they found that 582,462 people were experiencing homelessness. That is half, more than half a million people that are homeless in the U.S. And obviously, because of the pandemic, it has not made that number drop at all. It's significantly increased the amount of homelessness because, you know, people lost their jobs. They couldn't afford their homes or they're like struggling to really like afford anything because of inflation and stuff like that. So it's a really sad trend going on. Do you have anything to add, Ali? Yeah, so with, uh, it's actually interesting, uh, look at the numbers around where I am from. Um, and they don't have extremely updated, um, numbers since the pandemic. Um, so the soonest numbers I could find were 2019. Um, but it's very, very interesting to look from 2018 to 2019 here. And, um, between those two years, I actually saw a drop of, like, 18%, um, people, uh, being homeless. So, 18% less people were homeless in 2019 here than 2018. And what that is kind of attributed to... Um, cause that's a, I mean, that's a pretty big decline. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people that would be in 2018 there. In 2019, they estimated like 148 people were homeless. Um, so that's like 27 people, uh, less. Um, the one thing that they kind of attributed to this kind of really sharp decline in only a year is because we actually made um, the government paid to have um, some really old Section 8 housing removed and to build uh, new ones in 2018. Um, the Section 8 housing before um, that was in the mm. area, it would have probably honestly been safer to live on the streets and live there. Um, they, were, they were very much slums. They were falling down. Um, awful places to be if you like pass by it like with driving when we were we would pass by it actually when we were little because we would go into the city to like go to plays and it was like on the main street into the city um like my parents would tell us to like duck down when we were passing by because there were just random shootings and everything there and this actually kind of goes into a little bit too of uh My brother, he has a PhD in English, and he very much um, actually talked about this as well and the impact that it had on the community, what they did. Um, He studies rhetoric, so it's basically explaining, like, how what we call things will affect what they become. Um, And this is a really good example of it. What Before they, like, redid that whole area, it was, like, called the ghetto. It was called the slums. Like, all of these very, very negative words. Um, And then once um, our new mayor got put in place, he instead started calling that area, like, Section 8 housing or, like, assisted living, stuff like that. Things that generally have a more positive tone than, like, something like a ghetto would. Um, 
and they ended up actually tearing down all of the old buildings and building new ones that look really nice. I mean, they looked like before they kind of almost looked like uh, factories um, from the outside. Like they were very, very depressing. Um, and now they're very, very nice. Like they just look like townhouses like the one I live in. Um, and now it's 2023. So they've been there. They were built right around 2018. So they've been there for, I don't know, what is that, five years? And they still look just as nice as, like, when they were first built. Um, there's almost, like, no crime there now, too. And it's a really safe area, and it's an area that people who are lower income can go live, which is great for um, a lot cheaper. And a lot of people think that, that rebuilding that and making, like, a new area that was actually nice and safe for Section 8 housing... Um, was one of the big reasons that we had such kind of a sharp uh, decline in homelessness. Now, like I said, I could, I was looking, I could not find any numbers for 2020 and beyond. Um, I don't know why, honestly, but I haven't been, I, I think that the uh, people who run the homeless shelters here just have, uh, have been more busy with other stuff. Um, another mm. thing that we did here is we had a whole a rescue mission from I want to say it was originally built in like 1930s it was a very very old building it was I've been inside of it it was falling down it was very 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 bad um they got some grants from the city and did some like levees in the city to raise money and they're able to build like a nice huge complex a brand new one um that's really nice and hopefully getting more people off of the street and going to live in shelters where they can then, you know, help um, go to new places. Because that was also a place that, like, you did not want to cross in front of. And now it's, like, a lot safer, um, which is good all the way around. Uh, in terms of, like anti-homelessness architecture I do not see a lot where I live um honestly which is I guess it's not overly surprising um there's a lot of like assistance here for people who are lower income I think like the medium income for my area is like 24,000 it's like really 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 small like um mm. so there are a lot of people that like really struggle with money here it's a very very uh old part of the country and a very uh depressed part of the country um which i think goes into some of the reasons we might not have anti-homelessness architecture um like you were saying when i went to new york i was also surprised because there. And I, I didn't necessarily think of it too much at the time, but then as we talked about it, I realized, yes, there actually is some. Like, I never thought about um, making the benches only so, like, one person can sit in it and, like, not mm. lay down at all. I never thought of that as, like, anti, um, what I think most people refer to as hostile architecture. Um, yeah. I never had thought of it like that, that that's why they did it. Because, yeah, you're right. In the subway, 
Um, they could have like long benches, and I think they probably originally were long benches, and then they yeah. changed them to be like very, very small, like only your butt can fit in that seat. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was there, I did see like people who were sleeping on the subways and stuff like that that would get chased off by the subway workers. Um, it was a very because I've I've been to New York multiple times in my life. Um, the last the time that I can remember the best would be when I was a senior in high school. We went for a senior trip. And I was very, very surprised being in Manhattan then versus being in Manhattan probably, like, I don't know how long that was. Like, in last May, I think that would have been. Um, So that was right around six years in between. Uh, When I went there in 2016, there, like, you could see homeless people in Manhattan, like, everywhere. They'd be, like, sleeping, they'd be asking for money, stuff like that. When I went there in May for my brother's graduation, there were none. Like, I, in Manhattan, I didn't see any of them. Um, which very much surprised me. Because they were, they'd be, like, under awnings and stuff like that. Of, like, um, different shops and all that, trying to stay out of the elements. And I was just very, very surprised I didn't see any. And I was talking to my brother about it, and because um, he lives in New York. Um, and he was saying that, yeah, if the homeless people, like, go into Manhattan, they basically get chased off into the, uh, into the bor- boroughs, is that what they call them? No, the different yeah. parts of New York. Um, which really surprised. I, I guess it didn't really surprise me. When people go to New York, the main reason they go is to go to Manhattan. Um, so I guess it didn't really surprise me. You know, they want Manhattan to look nice and, like, organized. And, like, that they don't have serious issues of homelessness and stuff like that. They're basically trying to hide that from the rest of the world that are going there. Um, be like, no, we don't have homeless. I don't know what you're talking about. They're not here. Um, but then when you go into, like, Queens or Brooklyn or, um, I can't think of any others, Harlem, uh, you, um, start to see them more and more in those areas. Um, and especially on the subways. I saw a lot on the subways. Yeah. Um, or hiding, like, in the subway, uh, tunnels, stuff like that. Um, you were talking about some anti some hostile architecture um some others that i found that places use uh there's i don't know what bookstore didn't say but there's a bookstore in new york that actually installed sprinklers under their awning to like prevent people from sleeping under there they like turn them on to like scare people away um they, in Seattle, the city installed, like, bike racks near a highway on-ramp ra- on um, to help prevent, I guess there was, like, a tent city there. So they basically went in, kicked everyone out, and then installed those to make it so they wouldn't set up there again. Um, I've noticed on-ramps for, like, highways and stuff tends to be a very big place for, like, um, around those areas tend to be a big place for what's called tent cities. 
which tent cities are, um, there's a few different, like, versions of them, for, but for, they're all similar. They'll be used for as temporary structures. Like, sometimes the government will use them for uh, refugees or when they have to evacuate people from their houses, stuff like that. But um, homeless people also use them um, to basically make their own, like, little shanty town that they live in. Um, there was a documentary, I think it's called Ten City. It was a very, very good documentary. I can't remember what year it was made, but it went into explaining, um, Ten Cities and the effect they have. Um, it was very, very informative. It's great if you want to ever watch you, watch it. And Tent City USA is what it was called. It was actually a TV show. Um, we watched it in one of my classes. It was made in 2011. Um, but yeah, it went into like into a tent city in Nashville. Basically explored it. Talked to some of the refugee, uh, some of the homeless people who were there. Uh, you know, why they live there. Stuff like that. Um... It was very, very interesting look into um, a different side of America than what you, you know, normally see. Um, some other versions of uh, hostile architecture are um, in Oregon, in uh, Portland. They, again, to, to deter people from setting up camps in tent cities and stuff like that, they actually installed a bunch of boulders around the um, highways there instead of, like, wow. they just put them over the grass. Put up, like, signs that say, like, no trespassing, stuff like that. Um, people making um, basically rounded bars that go, f that are, like, uh, bent in the middle to make it so people can't, like, sit down on ledges and stuff like that. Um, spikes are a big one now that, um, I think a lot of places are starting to get rid of using spikes because they were so, uh, kind of roasted for doing so, as they should be. Um, but they would put, like, spikes on, like, benches, um, at night, or they would do it on, like, um, window seals of buildings and stuff like that um just like little ones that you could barely you can't even see that well or like spikes up to like block things off so people can't um go lay on them some of these i have seen in new york especially spikes i've seen those and i never really thought of it as anti-homelessness kind of um architecture but it really is. It's preventing. It's just basically there to pre prevent them from uh, being able to lay down for the most part. Um, I always saw them as kind of just like decor if they're like the big ones, like fencing almost. But um, mm -hmm. I can definitely see how it's like anti homelessness architecture. Um, And it, it's not it's not an issue for just the U.S. I mean, a lot of other countries um, 
will do the same thing. I mean, this one's in Stockholm, which I don't know where that is off the top of my head. It's in Sweden. That's what I thought. Um, in Sweden that we're using the round bars to make it so people couldn't sit places. Um, yeah. And then you have, um, like I said, you have places that people can go if they are homeless, like shelters. Um, however, a lot of homeless people usually don't end up going to shelters. Um, a lot of these reasons might be because they have very, very limited um, beds, supplied beds to be able to actually sleep on. Um, <clears throat> shelters tend to be very, 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 very restrictive. I know um, a lot of them won't allow pets if they have pets, um, for example, dogs and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of them, they have to be in by like a very specific time. Um, they have very, very, very strict curfews. Uh, so if you're trying to work and you get stuck with like night shift or something like that, you kind of get screwed. Um, a lot of them will basically, you can come in at like eight, well, no, I should say you can come in at like 8 PM and then you have to leave by 8 AM and then they won't lay you there during the day. Um, stuff like that. Uh, there's, there's some other rules, like you, some of them won't let you bring in stuff. Some of them like won't let you even smoke stuff like that or drink, um, A lot of the times there's a lot of conflict that tends to happen in shelters as well. Um, people will steal from other people, stuff like that is always a big issue with them, I know. Um, just some reasons, like if you're thinking, oh, why don't these people just go to like shelters around them? Those are some reasons that are very legitimate why people don't want to go to them. Especially the restrictions. I know they they tend to be very, very, very limiting on what you can do. And very harsh on things like curfews and stuff like that, which can screw up your job if you have one and anything like that. Yeah. Um, the discrimination that homeless people face on the daily isn't really like talked too much about um it's definitely way less than the discrimination that like minorities face obviously there is a lot less homeless people than minorities but homelessness kind of affects everyone and a lot of people in society have like the stigma that they're lazy or they don't want to work, they don't want to find a job. My dad. Like, they kind of, like, want to go nowhere type of thing. Um, My old barber used to think like that. And it kind of, like, shocked me because I was like, how, like, you don't even know that. Because a lot of the time these people think that the reason why they're homeless is because they want it to be. Like, I don't think anyone wants to be homeless now. Like, come on. Um, and when people see them, they tend to, like, 
steer away from them. And they always, like, refuse... Not always, sorry. Sometimes I've seen people even refuse money... Or refuse to give money to them because they think that they're going to only use it for, like... Liquor or drugs or whatever. But it's like... If you really think about it, who is going to be selling drugs for the little bit amount of money that you're giving them? Like, those two dollars... Mm, please. Um, and it's just like I wish more people would kind of talked about it because I think everyone obviously should like have somewhere to live, not just thrown into the streets and especially here in Miami, it rains a lot. So, if they're constantly drenched, like, all their clothes is going to be wet and soggy, they might get sick, um, or in, like, colder areas, like, New York, if you're thrown out in the street with barely anything, because your clothes are ripped and damaged, you're not getting that protection from the cold, like, it might actually kill you because of, like, hypothermia and stuff like that, or frostbite could set in. And, yeah, no, I just don't understand how this country can call itself, like, the greatest country when we have all these homeless people without a home. Like, fix that before trying to, like, stuff your nose in other people's business. Yeah. Well, I think that was all I had to talk, say about the topic of homelessness. Did you have anything else you want to add, Guy? Um, I don't think so. I think that was really all I had to discuss for right now. Um, right. For the topic of next week, actually, I was just like slightly talking about it just now but it's going to be about minorities and how our life has been as being minorities me being double minority well no i guess the both of us really because you know obviously ali is a woman and she is Part of the LGBT, and I'm also part of the LGBT, but I'm also a Hispanic person. So we're gonna be able to like relate to each other a bit, but you know, obviously, I'm not a woman, so you know, especially in Ali's field because it's engineering, and I've heard stories of people. Like, completely, like, just shut down other women in their own, like, groups or collaborations or whatever. And just don't even hear them out on their ideas. Yep. So. I think it'll be really interesting. If you, um, enjoyed 
listening to us, please uh, subscribe to us, give us five stars, follow us, whatever it is, wherever you're listening. Helps new people find us and helps us out as well. Um, and come back on the 29th to listen to us talk about being minorities and what it's like um, us both being LGBTQ and then um, Anthony here being Hispanic and me being a woman. Um, and have a great week until then.